0: Howdy everyone and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. This is your host, Mr. Jasper Cole, coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. And I want to wish everyone a very happy Thursday. And I will bring on at this very moment my co-host, Mr. Ralph
1: Cole. <laughs> 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 The skies are going to clear up, put on a happy face. Hello, Jasper. Hello, Planet Earth.
0: Ralph, how are you? Can you hear me
1: okay? Yes, I can. I'm on my phone today because I couldn't sign in.
0: Same here. We are having technical difficulties because – there's something going on as well. I couldn't – I'm on my phone and you're on your phone.
1: Yeah, because it says start your call now. So I tapped on call. So it, let's see if it will go through this time. That's so weird. That, yeah, I would ta- something
0: yeah, something's going on with the system. This is the first time this has happened.
1: Yeah, exactly, because I'm on my – Desktop, like you know, I don't do my laptop anymore. But anyway, we'll have a great show. It always works on the phone. You can we can hear each other fine.
0: Oh, oh yeah, Lance, our guest, everyone coming up at six twenty. We have actor producer Lance Paul, and um, I had told him I said just call in. It's just as good as the the direct connect. Not knowing that it was not even going to work tonight. So it's funny because I had never had I had never had this happen. So the host has to call a different number, which I didn't even know that. So I'm scrambling around trying to find find the number. But it all worked out. And um, okay. I wanted to tell everyone to, to remember to follow us on social media. I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S, on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm on Facebook. And you can go to JasperCole.com. And there's a link there for one-on-one with Jasper Cole. And today we're going to be known as the Johnson Twins. Johnson, and Johnson. It. Not Cole, but Johnson, because everyone. Just because you know, I can't be outdone. Of course, I can't do anything without being one up. So I announced to the world that I I finally got an appointment to get a vaccine, and lo and behold, did Ralph not jump up the, the same morning and go get his vaccine? So <laughs> we are both in, inoculated. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and thank you for that article you sent about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. It was, you know, very thorough. And, uh, you know, one thing that it said in that article is that, you know, I had been hearing that two weeks after the dose, you reach maximum efficacy. But then the article went on to say that after 28 days, there's 100 percent, it's 100 percent that you won't be hospitalized or die. Right,
0: right. And I'm just so glad that we have only
1: the one shot. That's really what attracted me to this. You know, I mean, not even being biological about it, you know, between Moderna and Pfizer, um, just knowing that there was a vaccine that was on the horizon, that it would just take one shot, I thought, well, yeah, let's do that. Don't have to worry about the stress of, like, remembering to go back for the second one. You know, and um, and I was just curious too you know I was wondering. Um, these vaccines, of course, are all different. Whenever I get my annual flu shot, the, the quote-unquote regular flu shot, the only thing that ever hurts is the arm where they injected the needle. I have no other kind of side effects. But with this Johnson & Johnson one, I did experience flu-like symptoms last night, and it's the first mm-hmm. time I had felt that news because I never get the flu. And so I was like, oh, that's right, I'm having this restless leg syndrome thing. And my eyeballs used to hurt when I had the flu, but that didn't happen this time. But I did have a low-grade fever and a slight headache and muscle aches, so I w- couldn't help but wonder, I wonder, is it because it's the one dose that I had? this? Because I was thinking about what you have and I have been noticing that some people have a – the first dose they have a reaction and then the second dose they have a bad reaction and vice versa you know but the point was it was two yeah. doses that well I think
0: um, I think because we're only getting one dose although you know I know some people I know 12 people that have gotten Johnson & Johnson and they reached out to me 12 different people reached out on Facebook um, and six of them had no reaction whatsoever and the other six kind of had what you and I were both having yesterday. Now, even, like, I'm, I'm better tonight, but I'm, I'm just sort of fatigued. I'm just kind of tired, you know, like I can tell. But it means that it's working. That's the good sign. It means that it's actually producing the antibodies in our system.
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to believe. I mean, I'm com- I woke up today completely back to normal. It was just during the night. It was the 13th hour after the injection when I started feeling symptoms. And then as the night went on, um, and I was telling you that the chardonnay and the cannabis was helping those symptoms. And so I I was feeling very relaxed. Then when I went to bed, it was during the night when I was having the flu-like symptoms. And it was as though the vaccine, you know, because now I have chronic back pain and the chronic hip pain. So, uh, you, from lifting roses, my back, and then you know, just whatever happened with my hip, but it was as though the vaccine knew right where to go where my muscles hurt because my back was so mm. sore. And one point during the night, I touched my neck on each side, like, "Oh my goodness, my neck is so sore," <laughs> and I was like, this, <laughs> "Well, that's
0: your that's your what, that's your lymph nodes, so that's a good sign."
1: Yeah, it was, and it wasn't. I mean, it was on the side of my neck, yes, but I wasn't underneath my chin where those lymph nodes are. But whatever, it was like it was just really sore. And when I say whatever, meaning like whatever, it was sore, meaning that this vaccine is doing its job. You know, it's because working. When, yeah, when I woke up, all of that had gone. It was like I took a few sips of water during the in the middle of the night and it was like with the very first little sip of water i started feeling better and then when yeah. i woke up i was like back to normal like i feel as energetic and everything you know i don't i don't feel any like cloudiness or anything so i'm hoping that'll just stay that way i i'm hoping that i've gone oh my yeah dad. i think i think you went
0: i think you had the initial initial cuz see i didn't have any really i didn't have anything until during the night I actually started taking I took Tylenol from the moment I got home yesterday so I started two Tylenol every six hours Um, but here's the weird thing Ralph my arm not sore one bit at all oh
1: how could that be
0: not nothing I mean when I got the single no and I said to Dennis do you think they actually gave it to me (laughs) I had a band-aid there Um, I have no soreness whatsoever in my arm.
1: Yeah, my arm. That's a weird thing. But see, that's what I expected to happen—is the arm to be sore. I mean, because that always happens with the regular flu shot, too. But um, well, good. I feel like good. We're on our way. You know, um, I'm still not. You know, this. I just want to be clear that. It, it would be nice to be able to say we've been inoculated so we cannot get COVID-19 and that's not true, you know, so no. I'm still comfortable. That's, yet that's, going that's never going to be true.
0: That's just right like with the flu shot. You know, the, you know, the flu shots are generally only about 50 to 57%. Um, mm-hmm. They never get past like 60, but what it does is when you get a flu shot, if you get the flu, it will help it not be so bad and i think that's right. the key with um covid you you don't if you if you end up with covid the vaccine's going to help it not be so severe right and not have you end up dying or in the hospital exactly which is what we but want but even on the yeah.
1: i'm still not you to go to an indoor restaurant yet i still i'm just not comfortable yet i want to hear something closer to herd immunity or just like more staggering numbers like, wow, we've only had two hospital deaths or two hospitalizations this week, you know. Um, I want to hear something more definitive before I'm really going to feel comfortable again. And it's so, you know, the whole thing about this whole journey that we've all had to take is all the misleading Information, even from higher ups, because I was listening to Dr. Fauci today, and and his opponent was—I don't remember with where where Rand guys. Paul. I don't remember who it was, but the way yeah. one person was saying the masks are just are like for show or whatever. Or what did he? He didn't say for show it was like well, that he's a he's a
0: hardcore he's a hardcore Republican Trump supporter, Rand Paul. He, he had mm. COVID as well. He's an he's an asshole. Um, he mm. he didn't want to wear, he he didn't wear masks during the during the the crisis when Trump was president. Rand Paul Williams. I see. You you know that all I don't you know. know that fifty percent of all, all Republican men are not going to get the vaccine.
1: Oh, it's at the, least uh, forty nine
0: to fifty percent. They don't believe in the vaccine, so we'll never get herd immunity if half the country doesn't take the vaccine. Mm. Wow. So the only the only safe place you're going to be is if you're in a room and everybody in the room has been vaccinated. That's the safest you'll ever be. If you go to someone's house and you all had the vaccine, that's about as close to perfection as you can get. Mm-hmm. The problem is when wow. you go to a restaurant inside – well, the thing is, when you've been vaccinated, we we now have a lot of protection that other people don't have, so we don't have to worry as much. But I'm not going to be in crowds ever again without a mask on.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I will
0: be that Michael Jackson, that Michael Jackson guy with a mask on, regardless. But what
1: about e- what about eating out- outdoors at a restaurant or
0: versus indoors? Oh, now that I've had my uh, shot, I'll go after – in about two weeks, I would be comfortable outside. But Den- let me tell you, Dennis did it for the first time uh, two nights ago. He was so uncomfortable, he he just couldn't – he wanted to leave.
1: Oh, he no, just, like so he, just, he couldn't enjoy
0: well, – he couldn't of, enjoy part, his
1: – Well, part of the problem
0: was – part of the problem was the restaurant uses paper plates and plastic utensils. Because that way you don't have to worry about, they don't have to worry about germs on utensils. So I guess if you want to take your own silverware with you, restaurant, it'll feel better. And was he sitting outside? He, yeah, he was sitting outside. Um, he said, you know, you might as well just get your food and bring it home because you're going to be sitting there with paper plates and and plastic forks. So, right. And there were kids. There were kids running around at the next table, and he just didn't. You know, he just said it's going to take. It's it's a shell shock situation when you have it. I'll be honest. When I had to wait in line with all those people yesterday, that's the that's the most people I've been around in a year, and and even then we were trying to stay six feet apart, but we weren't at all times. You know,
1: and I right. was getting See, that's a little freaked what I was out. You. See, that's what I was telling you at my place, too. It's like, yes, we're standing apart, but we're not six feet apart, you know, and the guy behind us. But now, now they're, saying that, they're
0: saying that kids can be three feet apart in school. You saw that, right? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Three feet apart? Yeah, now they're changing it to three feet, which is, just means they can pack more kids into a classroom. See, Italy, you know, Italy and Canada are back on lockdown right now because they open way too soon. Yeah. So I just worry that, once again, well, I don't worry about us as much because we got the vaccine, but I I just worry that we're going to go back on lockdown again because we're we're opening too soon.
1: Well, I agree with you, Jasper, I mean, and I just feel like I don't want to be the doggy downer and always being the one, like, no, I'm not going to meet you. I'm not going to go to the restaurant. But still, once again, you know, we've all maneuvered through this in a blind's eye because we've never had to do it before. And yes, I feel protected right. because I have this vaccine in my system. But like I said, it's, but because of that and, and because things are reopening the way they are, that is going to let people believe we don't have to wear a mask and everything is back to normal. And it just isn't. And that's mm-hmm. why I agree with you. I'm not going into those big crowds because yeah, nope. you know, that, the thing about this FEMA place yesterday, Los Angeles Urban League, everyone in the entire complex was masked. That was that yeah, was. same 100%. here. Well, well, you have to. It's,
0: it's a, I mean, the good thing is California right now, you can't go anywhere without a mask. So we, we're lucky. We're in a mask mandate state. Right. It's one of the few states that has mask mandates. Like, for instance, so, my yeah. dad in Georgia – it's not a mandate, but each individual business has the right to tell you if you can come in or not. So most of every place my dad goes, every grocery store, you have to wear a mask, even though the state doesn't require it, the companies require it. And that's why people are getting in fights, you know. It's so ridiculous. they they show up right. and they they go, well, it, I don't have to do it. The Governor told me I don't have to do it, and then they pull out their gun and and you know we have to just stop a moment and say let's let's send love to the the Asian families in Atlanta, the eight, oh. the six well the eight victims, six of them being Asian women, you know this again, this is Donald Trump calling the coronavirus, the China flu, and Hong Kong flu, and all that, and that's what's caused all this hate. I mean, they're just attacking Asian people, like, left and right. There was a 75-year-old lady in San Francisco who got almost beat to death on the street yesterday by a 21-year-old boy. Mmm. Horrifying. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: It's from Trump's, Trump starting this whole thing about – the one of the ladies I was talking to yesterday, she lived in Hong Kong for years, and she was saying – how revered Americans Americans are over there, and she said, "You know, China's horrible to Hong Kong. You know, they treat them really bad, but still, they, you don't blame. It's almost like saying, if if the if the coronavirus had started here, and you had Putin and other places calling it the, you know, I don't know what the the, the America flu or something. You know, just because it started there doesn't mean it's their fault."
1: Okay, well, what about Australia? They've had like 900 deaths, and they're they're like they don't even have any they don't even get positive cases. How can that be?
0: Well, they they were very smart early on. They kind of took control of it and they closed the borders immediately, and don't don't just like Hawaii has done. And they you can't go there. And if you go there now, you have to quarantine for – you know, in Canada right now, you are you are quarantined in your home or in your hotel, and the the police come and check on you. Like, you're not allowed out. You're on cameras and everything in Toronto. Mm. So they don't play around there. That's Several friends of ours are working or shooting right now in Canada, and you've got to get there. You've got to quarantine for 14 days, and you cannot – leave your hotel room. And I mean, period. Like, you can't go outside except on your balcony. And wow. your food is delivered, everything's delivered, and they just don't allow it. So, But, you know, America's never done that, and we've never closed, you know, the borders completely. So how, how are we going to possibly ever get on top of it? And we just have these spoiled Americans who, who just, they just, it's such a me generation now. There's no thoughts for other people, you know, so mm-hmm. well, listen, speaking of me people, um I think cool. it's time to bring on a very special guest and you I'm know, so uh, well, Ralph and Ralph, and our next guest, Lance Paul, are both in the new film Never and again, that's setting all records at b e t plus It's the highest rated and the most streamed uh show or film. On BET Plus, um, we work together on many projects. So at this time, please bring on Mr. Lance.
1: <gasps> oh.
2: Yeah, man, what hey, a, what an introduction! I love I love everyone clapping. It's awesome. I'm well, there I all knew you would like a little applause. Wedding. Oh, it's like it's like a whole studio audience. Uh, this is just amazing. Um,
1: God, Lance, I'm so excited to finally—I mean, one step closer to meeting you. But you have been so great and attentive to my post all this time, and you know, Planet Earth. or we haven't met in person yet, but I feel like I know you. You know, you—you you, you hike, uh, you, your your footage, just your spokesman, just everything. Careful, you know, Ralph. But
0: you're getting a little close to the to the. To the restraining order, it's a oh. little awkward. <laughs> <taltry. laughs> I, I
2: appreciate it, Ralph. You know, this I feel the same. I've, I've heard so many amazing things about you. Obviously, seen your footage and everything, and just uh, it's great to verbally meet you, besides digitally meeting you have, as we have done uh, over social media.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so it'll be fun. I'm interested to hear your story about Ginger Knight and just everything with your acting, producing and all your showmanship. And, you know, you're very athletic, you know, with the hiking and everything. So you're very well rounded. It's a it's you're a lot of fun.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very well, much.
1: R- I, I try. Lance, we have to we have
0: to apologize. Um, both something happened to the system. So Ralph and I are both on our phones tonight. So there's this weird delay that's even worse than usual so I apologize um, I don't know the system was we both panicked at the beginning of
2: the show we couldn't log in <laughs> and we were like oh shit but everything's cool no we're, stress we're doing it yeah I had I had the same issue it was it was not let me log in so I just I just called in and it, was,
1: it worked we're here oh yeah okay, I don't well, know what's happening well, something with the yeah that's good to know Jasper it, it's definitely the system
0: yeah yeah, so we'll 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 put we'll put in a complaint on that. But meanwhile, everyone, I want you to know you can follow uh Lance on really on Instagram is pretty much your main place, right, Lance?
2: Yeah, I'm on Facebook as well under I'm um, Lance Paul, but mostly most of my stuff is all on Instagram. IG is the easiest way to connect with uh friends and fans and followers and it's a great place to post my photography and my everything I shoot and enjoy doing. Yeah so it
0: so Lance is at I'm Lance Paul and then tell us about the traveling nerd. There's you've got this whole other part of your your life and career that talk about you call yourself the traveling nerd. So is it because of your you've always you grew up loving like sci-fi and the Marvel stuff is that where does the the nerd part come in?
2: Yeah, yeah, so um when I first got out here, I started up, started working as a comic book artist. So I was a comic book artist here in LA. And then I went on to doing storyboard art for movies such as Ted two and angry birds and a few other ones through Nickelodeon Viacom. And I met a good friend of mine and we, we started a website, like a nerd site. And we just started going to comic con every year. I'm just, I'm a huge nerd. I, I, I had a huge speech impediment growing up. So my speech, uh, pathologist had me reading comic books and that's kind of how I got into nerdum you could say.
1: And yeah, I, I'm
2: a big gamer, I, you know, movies, TV shows, I I'm a a cinephile on everything nerd you could say. And yeah, so I started the the traveling the dot traveling nerd on social media and it it kind of blew up. I started making some memes uh just some funny comic memes and before I knew it I was up to 80,000 followers and yeah, it's just been something fun I do as, like, a side. I have a uh, – my nephew helps run it, so I, I'm not on it too much, but it's a good way for me to connect with just my, my nerd culture, you could say. And, and when, when COVID I, I go to Comic-Con every year. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird because, you know, I've been going to Comic-Con, like, for the last six years. The last two years, I didn't go. Obviously, last year, we didn't. We didn't have it, but isn't it? But it's it's like it's not like I would run into you there because it's such a fucking zoo, you know. When you're down there, it's like wow, it's amazing.
2: Oh yeah, it's it, you got thousands of people, and also too when I'm usually there, I, I it started off as me going as a fan, and then because of the the nerd side I, I part owned too as well, so we'd manage a bunch of writers. We'd have like twenty to thirty different writers there covering Comic Con at a time, and I'd be doing interviews with celebrities back in back in the day when I was mostly going for that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's talk about you. Um, you grew up in Florida, right? You grew up in the Naples I did. area? Oh, yes. And so, yeah, and so what a lot of people don't know is that you, you know, in, in addition to your artistic side, you also are the numbers guy. You, You have a degree in finance. So you kind of came – you have a really good business sense, which I think a lot of actors are missing, and I think it's something that's not <laughs> – it's not really emphasized enough, I think, with show business, you know. Is that something that you kind of always figured? Well, wait, how, when, did, when did the, the acting bug kind of – how did you go from the finance to the acting?
1: <laughs>
2: so I was, I was in college, and I started taking acting classes, and I just I, – I absolutely loved it. I, I paid for college through modeling, so I had, I had modeled for Calvin Klein and Abercrombie and Bruce Weber and all that stuff. And that kind of is what got me into the entertainment field. Um, and then when I got out of college, I, I went over to Milan, I modeled over there, and I, just, I still always had that bug for it. But then I got back, and I had a degree in finance, so I started working at a bank thinking, because, you know, you have this mindset when you're growing up, like, okay, you got to get a real job. you got to pound the mm-hmm. payment, do that eight to five. And I happened to get into banking right when the market was collapsing. So I was in banking for about a year, making excellent money for countrywide home loans, if you remember them. And then uh, yeah. the market collapsed and I ended up losing, I, I, was, I lost everything. I was at that time, I, I started off as a salesman, went all the way up. I was managing all of the countrywide for Florida when the market collapsed and Bank of America bought us. So I ended up uh, going from a lot of money to losing it all and living out of my car when I moved to LA. And honestly, what happened is I, the market collapsed, I lost my money and I was like, shoot, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm working for a bank, making excellent money and I hate my life. And something I always wanted to do was go to, go to California and pursue entertainment and acting. And you know it's one of those things where, you know, I put ten thousand dollars away in the bank, and I'm like, oh no no, I'll put a little bit more. Then it was twenty, then it was thirty, then it was forty. I was like, no no, maybe I'll get fifty, then I'll go. And I just never never end up going. And then when the market collapsed, I lost everything, and I went end up going to California huh. with like a thousand dollars to my name, and lived in my car on Malibu Beach.
0: Wow. So had you been to Cal? Had you been to L.A. at all before?
2: I visited a friend of mine who uh, had worked on some soaps. He uh, he childhood friend we we grew up together he had moved out here uh about two years before i did and yeah i came out to visit him i first time literally i hung out in hollywood hit up some bars there i didn't know anything really about california i had done a couple shoots out here modeling wise and when i came out here i i knew one photographer that was it and i really knew no knew nobody and yeah just just came out here and then I ended up shooting with that photographer about three months after living living out here in my car, and he when he found out I lived in my car, he was like, "What are you doing, Lance? Let me help you so he uh, he let me sleep on his couch, and that kind of is what I got, got me under a roof and then three months after that, I started making enough money to move in, move into my own place Wow so did your family did your family know you were living in your car? No, of course not. I had had a uh, fallen out with no. my father. And we we just really really weren't talking much. And my mom, I'm very close to my mom. And my mom knew I was out here, but she definitely didn't know I was living in my car. She would have killed me and tried to yeah. find me back. Yeah, yeah, of course, like Mother's Day. Yeah, too. exactly.
0: Well, I mean, it's amazing what we do when we're because you've
2: been here ten. You're you're in your tenth year, right? You've you've done yeah, your ten years now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I so mean, I'm practically a local now.
0: <laughs> well, it's weird because, you know, Ralph, Ralph is an L.A. native, and it, I always have to remember that for those of us who always, you know, lived outside of California, and we, you know, we, we saw, like, Hollywood as this big illusion. like, oh, my God, it's Hollywood. Um, it, Ralph, Ralph, of course, Ralph kind of had the same thing about New York and leaving L.A. to get to New York, so I guess that's a similar vibe, but it's always weird to me how we all left and piled into L.A., and... Ralph, you and all the natives are like, uh, when are you guys going to stop piling in
1: here? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, I wanted to go to what, New York because I had grown up in LA all, you know, for 21 years. And New York seemed so exciting to me.
2: Yeah, I, I lived in New York too as well. I mean, I love, I love New York too. New York is great. And it's the same thing. Like you, you grew up here. So you just, you want to see something different. You want to spread your wings a little bit and, but you came back. So it just shows you, California. California has your heart.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, and I came back also to take care of my father. But in reality, I should have come back. You know, I I was prompted to come back because my father was hospitalized. But I should have always wanted to. And I can realize, Lance, that I probably would have moved back anyway because I was thinking about my way of life in New York City. I moved there when I was twenty-one. So and I was there until I was forty one, and I loved it. and And I'm high energy and fast paced. I was everything Manhattan was meant to be, and I'm a i am was I am a certified group fitness instructor. So that's what I was doing in New York. And I can remember being on Sixth Avenue and Eighth Street one day across from Gray's Papaya, that hot dog place. And the uh-huh. snow was up to my hips. I was my, I couldn't oh. take the subway to the studio down to Greenwich Avenue, to Crunch at Greenwich Avenue, because the snow was blocking all the subway entrances. So I had just kind of skidded my way down 6th Avenue. And when I got to this corner and saw how I was having to, in, like, be an antelope over these fucking snow banks, I thought, who can do this when they're in their 70s? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I need to go back to L.A. So when my father became ill and I came back and did that, I thought, yeah, grateful that my parents had the house that they had purchased in 1965, and this is where I plan to stay. So, yeah, it does have my heart in that sense. You know, life is – I mean, life is hard in both places. We have to deal with the traffic here, which is horrendous. But – It is it's easier to be an elderly person. I feel in Los Angeles than in Manhattan. Oh, great. Yeah. I think, I I think, well, I think raising a
2: family. And if you want to, if you want to have a future more than just pursuing entertainment, I think California has a lot more options for you there. And also I, I'm a, as you, you talked earlier about me being a hiker, I'm a big outdoors person. I, I travel, I hike, I explore, I love adventuring. And the thing with California is within seven, eight hours, you are any part of the United States uh, ecologically. That's amazing to me. Like yep. I, uh, over COVID, I did this crazy national park hike or road trip where I hit up, I went up to Lassen, I saw a volcano, I saw glaciers, I, I jumped into Crater Lake. I then went to Mount Rainier, saw the glacier there. And then I went to a rainforest up in, in Oregon or in Washington with uh um, uh, Mount um, Olympic National Forest or National Park. It's like where else can you do that besides California? Wow.
0: Yep, you're right. You have all that at your fingertips, and yeah. Listen, I'm a diehard Cal I mean, listen. Even with all the, the the problems and the traffic, and there's all this stuff now about the mass exodus. You know, people are leaving. But yeah, it's been that way for the 35 years I've been here. Like for every car that's leaving, there's three coming. Coming in right the other direction, you know. So it kind of balances itself out. But I wanted to get over to when you were talking about the pandemic. I wanted everyone to know that Lance and I met a year ago last um, January, working on a film he produced called Kombucha Cure, and that was right before the pandemic. And then everything shut down. But Lance and I started part. We partnered up and. I was telling someone today, we I think because people were trapped and they 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 could not take our calls and they could not do you know take meetings with us. We we got so many projects. the The, the, the good news is we got so many projects. The bad news is now we have all these projects and we have to do something with them. <laughs> it's, like, it's so true. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, it's it's a it's a luxury to have, but but it's true. I think people were just trapped, and no one could say, "Well, I can't. I'm too busy to take the call," or, you know, "I'm I'm going to be out of town, so I can't meet with you guys." Um,
2: but going back, how did you how did Ginger Night films start for you? Yeah, definitely. I so I came out here for entertainment. I was out here acting, and I really had this epiphany to where it's like, listen, I, I'm a good looking guy, but there's better looking guys. And I'm a great actor, but there's better actors. So like, what else can you bring to the table? And that's kind of how I got and fell into storyboard art too, because I was like, if I can bring something else to the table, potentially I might be able to help book myself more roles. And I started with the idea of doing storyboard art and that kind of had its own legs. But then I, because of my finance background, I, I got cast in a film and it had lost some of its funding. And I, you know, I had this idea. I was like, well, I, I know some investors. I know some people with money. So let me, let me see if I can help you out. But if I do that, I want a producer credit because I'm doing the work. And they're, they're, like, totally fine. I, I worked with a production company in, in Georgia, and I ended up helping raising the little bit of money they needed, and I got my first producer credit in Georgia. And then we kind of worked together for a couple films, um, a bunch of horror films, and it was fun. It was It's very indie. It was very, like, run and gun. I mean, I think I, I had more hats working on those projects than I ever did, but it, <laughs> it really helped establish a, a foundation of just, just filmmaking. Because, I mean, I didn't go to school for filmmaking. And by creating mm-hmm. projects and just you know, pounding the pavement, working, working in the fields of, of making movies, like you pick up a lot of stuff that you'd never learn in school. And I mean, I've, I've held camera, I've done sound, I did lighting, I did all these different things and directing leading into where I'm at now to where I, you know, I've now produced 15 different features and it's growing. I mean, like you said, we, we reproduced kombucha cure at the beginning of the year, right before COVID, which is funny because during filming, we were talking about COVID and not yeah. that not to to blow you up, Jasper, but Jasper's amazing. I I was actually doing a lot of casting, oh. and I came upon Jasper, and Jasper represented uh, Denise Goulet, who is one of his, his best clients. Well, Not let me take that back. He has a lot of clients. One of my favorite clients that I've met. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we just we really hit it off. And then I had some more roles to fill, and Jasper uh, definitely helped me fill some more of those, more of those roles with some of his other award winning actors and actresses. And then Jasper himself is an actor, so I. I put him in there, and he's amazing, and we really hit it off, and then just seeing how he was, not only as an actor, but as a manager, it just really made me want to work with you more, and that's actually how a lot of this started, so, you know, I, after, after Kabucha Cure, I hit up Jasper, maybe, like, I don't even think the, the pandemic had hit, I think it was, like, a week after filming stopped, and I talked to him about partnering, mm-hmm. about managing me, and then from management, we started shooting ideas around for producing, and, before I knew it, uh, you were managing me, and I had brought you in kind of with Ginger Night Films to kind of, like, help help create products, and I think the rest <laughs> of <laughs> Well,
0: yeah, you know, Ralph, Ralph and I talk about this all the time. You know, um, things have to be organic in this business. You know, you can, like, try to network, and you can try to make things happen, and you, can, but generally, it, you know, I didn't go do kombucha cure really expecting to find clients or – You know meet you you know I there was nothing I could plan that any of this would happen is my point So I tell actors all the time just show up Go, you know say say yes to almost everything you can and don't have expectations of like immediate Something's got to happen immediately Um, And you you just start getting opportunities from one job to the next but you know the funny thing is I now we we rep like six or seven people from kombucha cure yeah. e- easily <laughs> you do it's crazy I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: well, um
2: well, it's, yeah oh really yeah it's amazing because it's funny like when you when you go to production and i tell friends of mine the actors and just people producing too and they're they always ask me like how did you get into producing how'd you fall into it And it's like you said don't go into network just do the best work you possibly can if you're an at the you know you saw me, I was producing and acting in this project. So the days you saw me as an actor, I had my actor hat on. I put the best effort put forward on that and I think that showed off that paid off. And then when the other days you saw me producing. So it's like I wasn't out there trying to network to oh man, Jasper's gonna be on set. I gotta really turn this on. Be no. a great producer, I was just there was no difference.
0: You were just doing your job and and it's Ralph knows this too, is like even when I'm an actor I I'm always watching everything because that's just part of my nature. And then as a manager and a producer, and, you know, I've said this before. I was was watching you because, you know, I've been on so many sets and so much drama, and I was just watching Lance kind of, like, handle things and being nice to everybody, and people were having a good time, and it wasn't all the drama that usually happens on – well, there's always drama behind the scenes, but, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, this one was – this one's really cool, and I think when people so when people ask you and they go, so Lance, what does the producer do? You probably get that all the time. What do you oh, say course, to yeah, people definitely. when they ask you? Because that's like a million dollar question. <laughs>
2: I you know honestly I tell them it depends on the size of the budget. The lower the budget, the more mm-hmm. hats you're wearing, 100. percent And I, I would say as coming from indie producing, where you know my first feature, one of my first features I produced was like a five thousand dollar film that we sold to China and made money with. That's how I broke. That's how I cut my teeth making it movies. It's like we shot a whole film for five thousand bucks. So what I tell Amazing. everyone is like, and my grandfather was an artist and taught me this too. He's like, respect every position that works for you or you work with. So I, because of came from indie filmmaking, I, I you know I've I've done like I said I've done I've held camera, I've done lighting, I've done sound. It, you re, you learn to respect the people working there to where you respect everybody on set. You treat no one different. I don't care if you're the the biggest name actor or my PA, you treat, treat him with just the same amount of respect and you'll get the respect you need and you'll get your project done. And that's that's really the best advice I tell people when they get into producing. Yeah, I mean, I tell
0: I tell actors all the time, it's like, you know, w- with all due respect, actors are really, you know, it, we could, we're not the top of the totem pole. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot more important stuff going on than the actors. Actors are very replaceable. And so, you oh, know, it, a lot of actors have to understand that, it's, it's a collaboration. I was going to say, like Ralph and I met because the same thing. I had a client on a on an indie TV pilot, and she was the lead. And I I I came there to to the table read, and th- Ralph walks in the door and just like took over the table read. And you know, I knew immediately when I first met him. was like shit. I really want to work with this guy. But again, did I go there expecting to find you know a client and? Ralph was not looking for a manager either. Um, it just happened. And then we've been together now, what, 11 years, Ralph? 11 yeah. years
1: now.
2: <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. It, it, and it's so funny, too. Like I, and I tell people, too, and especially when you're, when you're producing, it, it's funny because, like you said, actors are not the highest thing on the totem, totem pole. And when you are producing and you have your hands on, like, the creation of a project, you really see that. So, like, as an actor, you go into these castings, and you're like, you're like it's my five lines or under, or I'm like, I'm, I'm a supporting, it's a big deal. It is not a big deal to the, the bigger picture. You are mm-hmm. just the it's, – it's so funny, especially because I've sat in on casting and I've helped with casting. It's like I tell these actors all the time, and it even to myself when I remind myself, it's like, oh, man, I, I really landed this audition. It's awesome. I'm going to do great. You're like, nope, don't even think that. Think that you just were acting on Tuesday. This was a great audition of a character you never got to uh-huh. play before. Enjoy that. Don't go into it thinking you're going to book it because a lot of times casting is right place, right time, right sure color. So like if I have tapes yeah. in, I have a thousand people sent their headshots. I'll pick out maybe who knows a hundred people to to self tape, let's say. And then out of those self tapes, we'll pull in like let's say twenty callbacks. And out of those callbacks, you'll have maybe a second round, which is like two or three people. And sometimes you go through so many tapes that you just, you get blind to the talent that's there. And unfortunately, like you, you remember a lot of the first ones, you remember a lot of the last ones. So a lot of times too, I, I tell friends of mine that, that act, it's like, if you get an audition, get that tape in immediately because you'll be one of the first people they see. Because yeah. if you're like somewhere in the middle, yep. you're dead in the water. You'll be forgotten. Yeah.
0: You'll be forgotten. Especially the actors who wait. I mean, there are sometimes I understand, you know, something comes in at the, I mean something comes in the night before and we have to be at the last minute. But I tell actors all the time, of course. if you've got days ahead of time, do it as soon as you possibly can. But then also I tell actors, listen, you could go in, knock knock it out of the park, be amazing and that but that doesn't mean you're gonna get that part.
2: But that's why you just wanna oh, do 100%. a great job every time you go in, you know. It's so true, like even being out here and because i obviously i I've, I've been out here for ten years, but i was I was pursuing acting before I came out here, so I was working on the east Coast and and one reason I came out here is because I was noticing because I was working out of Orlando, I was driving up to Atlanta for the Fin Canyons, and then I was driving up to Jersey or New York or North Carolina because they cast all over on the East Coast for like callbacks and stuff i I mean a great example is I was up for some big roles uh let me think um uh what's the vampire show on c w Oh, uh, oh Buffy the
1: Vampire Slayer.
2: Buffy. No, I'm, not, I'm or, not that old. No, well, the the other one. Vampire uh, Diaries. Vampire Diaries. I was up for one of the leads in Vampire Diaries. I, obviously, I didn't get it. I went to a bigger name, but I had callbacks for that. I had uh, two callbacks to lead in um, Fifty Shades of Grey. So, like, as an actor, you never know the kind of roles you may be brought in the room for. And a lot of times, you're just you're testing. They're just they're just seeing how your quality is going to be. They they already have an idea of who they're going for. But you, you're at least brought in the room. Do the best you can. Hopefully, they'll remember you for the next time when they do want to, act, want to actually cast you or they may have a small role they want to put you in. You never know.
0: That's right. And I tell actors, that, you know, I got to a point, what really started helping me book is I did this reverse psychology thing. Back in the day when we used to still have to go in the room, I looked at every audition as I'm actually working today. I'm actually, I'm not auditioning. I'm actually shooting the part. So when I would go in the room, I would just pretend I was on set shooting it. Um, I never looked at it as an audition. So it was kind of like when you go in the set and you, you lay it down and you leave. And now with self-tape, it's perfect because you literally are shooting it, you know. Um, and that's just – that once I started doing that, it changed everything for me psychologically because I don't look at it as like I'm tap dancing in the room, you know, I it's more like I'm on set shooting. I already have the job. They just they just decided not to use it. They cut me out. I guess. But
2: um, yeah, and yeah, that's
1: that's, one that's one how you should do
2: it. it. Like if you agree, to smart. Like if you go in like trying to book the role, and I believe me, we all want we're all actors. We want to go in there. We want to book the role. That's our goal. But if you go in there like I'm going to book this role, I think you're going about it the wrong way. You should go in there like you've already booked the job. You are playing whatever role you're playing, so at that time you get to showcase yourself. You're playing a role you probably never play. Have fun with it. Make your audition tape the best you can do. And then you never know. Maybe you'll get you'll be brought in to do it again. That's that's to I that mean, it's actually right. the truth. You got to look at it that way. They'll remember you down the line for something else,
0: you know. R- Ralph knows oh, that yeah. we used to have a running joke uh I've had actors or clients over the years, and there's always that one client that, after every audition, he or she would call me and say, "Oh man, I, I, you're gonna, you're gonna get a call. Just, I know they're gonna call you later today." And I would, I, I would tell Ralph, "They're not getting. That's the kiss of death. You're not getting the part." You know, it's it. But inevitably, it's usually for me, it's always the one. Sometimes through that, I book and I go, wait. Which, what was that again? Like, you know, I hadn't obsessed over it. I really thought that much about it. So, um, oh, but I yeah, wanted to let too. everyone know.
2: Like I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was going to say, me, me too. Like, I, I'll be honest. When I, when I have gone in, and thought I killed the room, I never book. When I go in, I think I do the worst right. job possible. For some reason, I, that's when I book. That's when they, I get a call back. And it's like, what the hell was I doing different? It's crazy. Well, and Ralph's been on the other side
0: too of casting and you 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 know you just said it earlier. We're not we don't see ourselves the way other people do too. We're not our best critic as well. So it's always good to just uh like you said just remember you're trying to impress the casting director. You want to make a good impression for other other work and and also listen, they're also looking at who the who do they want to spend 12 hours a day on the set with. You know, who Oh yeah. Who's an asshole? Who has attitude? You know, three people could be could knock it out of the park, and one of them is difficult, and the other one is kind of moody, but one of them seems friendly and chill, and you go, that's the guy I want to be around. Because at the end of the day, people just want to make their 12 hours and go home. It's a, it's just a job. Agreed. Oh, you know?
2: Yeah, I agree. Especially Yeah. Especially a with like a lot of times. A lot of times, even like from a producing standpoint, like a lot of the times I use the same crews or same people I've worked with, and even actors. Yeah, many times a lot of actors I've worked with have been in a couple of my projects because I know their talent, I know they're good, and I also want to of spend course. twelve hours with that person. I want to have fun with them. No,
0: nope. yeah, that's what we do. And I mean, that's when you look at you know like a, a Ryan Murphy. There's a lot of them. There's that's why Ryan Murphy uses the same people, generally. You know, a lot of the same people over and over. That's what we. That's what we want to do, because after so many years of dealing with crazy people and drama, you just, it's not worth the effort anymore, and it's getting harder and harder to to produce anyway, you know, everything has changed, so, but I wanted to let everyone know, without giving too many details, Lance and Ralph and I are part of the new comedy that um,
1: Denise,
2: Jay, and JR and I, Jay, everyone knows J.R. Rosenberg, who's our producer on here. We created a great comedy, and
0: Lance, myself, Ralph, Denise, Terry Devon, and Von Rucker are going to be the uh, series regulars on the show. And by the way, guys, the 22nd, which is next Tuesday, we should have some pretty big news coming, just FYI, Yay. on that front. Yay. Yeah. Oh,
1: awesome. can't wait.
0: Um, yeah, and that, I mean, that's what that's what Lance and I have done this year, you know, is just look at these projects and immediately we start thinking of people that we want to work with and go back to actors that we know. And and it's happening on the same way of trying to find showrunners and producers um, and just building that network of, of people on the producing side that we want to work with as well. So it's exciting times. I mean, I think COVID was, I mean, I mean, God. Not 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 discounting the horrible deaths or any of that, but I mean, in terms of having to reframe and regroup and be be focused and get stuff done, I think it was a blessing in many ways.
2: You know, I I have to agree with you. It's it, I think it really depends on the person. Covid either yeah. made or, bre- or broke people because it, it, Covid was awful. We're stuck in the house. I mean, especially living out here in California, it was different than living on the East Coast in some states. But you're stuck in the house, and it wears on you. We're I mean, being creative yeah. people and being entertainment people, we 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 thrive off interaction with with other people, and being stuck in the house, you didn't have a lot of that, and you kind of had to like figure out how to still create, still how figure out how to produce. I mean, you and I, we started working together, and we got some great projects going. Uh, Even, like, networking. Like, I – because I do a lot of – I fly across the states for some other work and everything. And, you know, you got to network. Like, every time you talk to somebody, talk to them. Talk to them like a human being and, you know, give them an ear. And you never know what can come from that. I I mean, that's how – Jim and I able to partner up with Big P and Sky Productions for some, some other productions we're talking about too. It's like, and having actually access to funds to, to go further because if you don't network, especially in these times where like we're so not used to talking to people, you need to network. You need to get out there, talk, talk to the person that you're working with and, and talk to the person you're meeting because you never know where that could lead to. And one, it could be easily be a new friend, but two, it could also be a connection that you never had.
0: Well, like you're saying, without giving too much away, but like you just mentioned, so everyone, Lance has connected. There's an example where Lance was just doing another job. He was doing something else um, that he does, and he, being just a good guy talking to somebody, you know, he, in conversation, found out what this guy does who actually is an investor and a money guy, and then he found out that Lance is the producer, and all this kind of happened, but my point is Lance didn't, have any clue he would be meeting that guy? He didn't stalk the guy. He didn't research him, and you know, try to make it all happen. <laughs> it just organically happened, and that's, I mean, that's that's a sticky <laughs> wiki. So I'm not telling people like, don't you know, don't vision board and like, don't try to like, you know, make things come true. But there's a certain thing. There's a certain point that people can read um, when you're when somebody's trying to hustle you you know they can tell when it's not authentic and it's well people it's read a def- turn off.
2: desperation oh 100% yeah. people read desperation like if you come off as desperate you're never going to go anywhere you need to come off with confidence and just network talk to people i it's funny cuz you said my other job and it's like make i'm not just so you guys know I, I am not a porn star my other job is not porn um I, <laughs> no I, I, no I no, no. i i just meant you were you were doing
0: you were doing a, a different yeah, I, job
2: not yeah. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I do, yeah. I do precision. I'm a precision driver too, as as something else I, I I have fun to do. So a lot of times I'll I'll be on the track or I'll be driving, teaching people how to drive cars fun, fast and have fun with them. And like Jasper said, I was networking with a producer who owns Big P and Sky Productions, who has access to a huge film fund. And he was looking for somebody. He had just fired his head of creative, and just through half-stance, I wasn't trying anything, and we weren't we we weren't even really trying to talk about business. It just happened where. You know, you, you get talking to somebody, you tell them a little bit about what you do and you never know where that can lead and now Ginger Knight Films has partnered up with them and we have access to funds for even more productions, which is just a great it's just a great example of how you should always network and how you should always just be yourself, be genuine, don't be desperate and talk to people.
1: Right. Exactly.
2: I mean I tell
0: this is I tell actors all the time too, honestly guys, like after, after you reach a certain age, only your mother and your therapist really need to hear you know your real drama like especially in show business you know the moment you start telling someone how poor you are how just de- you know how bad things are nobody wants to be around that and so yeah you know we, we're we in this culture of oversharing you know especially on social media everyone wants to overshare their their colonoscopy and you know what I mean it's like there's certain things we, we just you we just need to do the smoke and mirrors and keep it <laughs> They keep it keep it positive people want to be around success you know they don't want to be around negativity and like i said that's what your your partner your therapist your your mom you know that's what they're there for so well listen guys the time flies i, I we we could definitely talk for another hour or two for sure but um lance thank you thank you so much for everything thank you for this past tw- getting me through 2020 and uh, i'm so excited about all the stuff we have going on i can't work can't wait to work with you and Ralph on the new comedy um, like i said we'll have some news on that next week and all the other good stuff now you know Ralph is just at the point uh he will soon be getting back out there um working again through covid so it's perfect time for you, Ralph as well
1: yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, and I didn't even realize, honestly, I forgot that you guys had not actually met in person, but now I understand, how would you? It's been COVID, so um, right. we'll, we'll be meeting soon um, to, to work on the other show together. So, But everyone, please, you yeah, can follow exciting. Lance.
2: Yeah, definitely. At, guys, I really I'm appreciate you having me on. And, yep, I'm Lance Paul. Letter I, letter M, Lance Paul at... at um, at IG and same thing for Facebook as well. And and Ralph, it's it's great to work with you. Great to talk to you. I can't wait to meet you in person and work with you on our new project. Jasper, once again, man, you're amazing. I appreciate you bringing me on and I appreciate working with you for that past 2020. You helped make 2020 a hell of a lot easier. (laughs) I know, man.
0: Same here. Thank you, Lance. I'll be in touch. Of course. Thank you so much. Take care. Awesome. (laughs) Wow, the time was so Ralph. much
1: fun. Yeah, I always go. Well, you know, I'm going to
0: be I, I'm going to be anxious. I want to I want to listen back to this to see what the quality is like because personally for me, it, it, it's so much easier I have my ear pods in instead of my headphones and I kind of like just talking to the phone, but I'm going to listen back and see what the quality is like. I have a feeling Hello? it probably okay. is not going to be as clear. Yeah. But we worked it out. You know what? Come rain, come shine, come no Wi-Fi, Johnson & Johnson exactly. to the rescue. We, we <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, we're,
1: we're maneuvering through all these new times together.
0: And we will be back uh, next week, same time, same place, everyone. Uh, we're on iTunes and Spotify and Spricker and Stitcher and BS Podcasts and iHeartRadio, so everyone, if you, you know, you can always check out past shows there. Love you, Ralph. Give Rose a big kiss, and we will see you well, next you. week. Bye-bye, Take care. Earth. Bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest
1: as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.